because for a narcissist, what they want to do always is trigger you and derail you so that they can stand back and go, oh, you're the problem. This episode is a serious wake-up call for anyone who is in a relationship with a narcissist, doesn't know what a narcissist is, or who has a habit of attracting them into their lives. I have with me narcissist abuse expert, founder of Quantum Freedom Healing, and author of the best-selling book, You Can Thrive After Narcissistic Abuse, Melanie Tonya Evans. And we're here to do a deep dive into these toxic relationships and what you can do to break free and heal. And I have the pleasure of introducing Melanie Tonya Evans. Welcome. Thank you, Paul, for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited you are here because I've been asking my community, what subjects do you want me to cover? Who do you want me to have on the show? What would be very helpful for you? And narcissistic abuse comes up time and time again. And the fates have guided you to me to have this conversation, which I think will be gold for anyone listening. Um, So you're the author of You Can Thrive After Narcissistic Abuse. How did this all come about? What happened? Gosh, well, okay, so let's go back (laughs) 17 years ago. And well, actually, it was another four years before then. But what had happened was I really thought God had blessed me with the man who was the man of my dreams. I'd had difficulty in relationships. I'd done stacks of inner work on myself. And I really thought, wow, this is it. He's everything I've ever wanted and totally uncharacteristic to me. I got married within four months. I'd never been married before. I hadn't actually really even considered it, but it was just so right. But yet Mm. what happened was this person and there were warning signs before I married him many but I just felt that he just ticked every box and I'd never experienced being met and held so completely this man could read my mind we had all these synchronicities it it totally felt like a twin flame or a soulmate but yet He had these insecurities and these triggers, which I just thought, oh, that's a bit unusual or weird, but, you know, we love each other, that'll be fine. Anyway, it escalated Paul to the level of absolutely incredibly rageful, vengeful distrust, physical, sexual, emotional, financial abuse. I was I started tolerating things that I never believed in a million years that I would ever tolerate. I was absolutely addicted to him like a heroin addict. I'd get away from him, but yet I'd feel like I was dying. People who understood what was going on were pretty much saying, "Well, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep going back mm. to this person?" Other people that he'd love bombed. He was really very much home angel, sorry, home devil, street angel. People loved him. They thought I was crazy. I was being, there was so much in it. And people who understand narcissistic abuse or have researched it know the things like triangulation and gaslighting and smearing and abuse by proxy and all of these things. So it was And at this time, I felt very alone. I didn't know that this had a name to it. I ended up so sick that I was 80 pounds, which is like around 37 kilos. So I was a bag of bones. I hadn't really eaten for six months. I was lucky to sleep for an hour a night. My hair had fallen out in clumps. I looked probably 40 years older than what I was. I shook, I sweated, I had complicated post-traumatic stress disorder. And anyway, I was getting sicker and sicker and I was hooked and I was hooked. And I was trying to work it out. One day, the word narcissist literally popped in on my head out of nowhere. And I went to my computer, I put the word in, 
and the list of descriptive characteristics, I found myself ticking and nearly falling off my chair. And I'm like, oh my God, this is what this is. And then I uh, looked out for, I started, and I'd already been doing heaps of therapy and, 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 you know, nobody had pinpointed it at all. So anyway, I, I made some inquiries because I was actually connected to the health and the personal development field. And I found this amazing specialist who, who specialized in personality disorders now, she gave me a lot of great information and I'd already started researching, but she said there's four ways that this could turn out. And she said either he's going to kill you, you're going to kill him in reactive abuse, trying to, or, or you just will. You're either going wow. to have, you're going to get so sick, you're going to get terminally ill, or you're going to have a complete and utter psychotic breakdown. She said there's Whoa. no happy ending here. They're your options. So even though I knew that cognitively and she'd convinced me, I was still like a heroin addict that couldn't give him up. So I was doing things like lying and hiding him and sneaking around. The shame was horrific. I was getting sicker and sicker. And I was like, he was like a cat with a mouse. He really was. But eventually the fourth uh, outcome that she gave me, the complete breakdown, it happened. The day it happened, I knew it happened and it was surreal because I was uh, facilitating uh, other teachers that I had that were taking classes of personal development. I was getting people organised for lunch. All of a sudden I'm on the ceiling looking down at, do you know what, I've, I don't think I've actually shared this apart from my book. I don't think I've done this <laughs> on a, an interview, but I was on the ceiling looking down at people. I'm like, okay, I'm outside of my body. So I kind of watched myself make an excuse, walk out the front door. I'm above myself. I got into my car. I got into my car and started driving and all these visions of me smashed up with blood and and I don't want to get graphic, but and it just kept wow. flashing off and on. And by the time I got home, it was a constant eyes closed or open, it was there. It was weird. I was like calmly, I was like calmly numb. And I, I was telling myself, this is it. This is the psychotic breakdown. I have lost my mind. I rang a girlfriend. She came and got me to a hospital, had tests. My adrenals were shot. They told me that it was that bad, my readings. I could have had a heart attack or a stroke at any moment. I would need three wow. antipsychotics possibly for the rest of my life to be able to function and they said you will never after all the tests and everything came back they said you will never again operate at the level that you have you will always be impaired because the breakdown was so severe and you're possibly oh, okay. going to have to be institutionalized so being a really um uh, the sort of person always being motivated a-type personality, I thought my life was over and I thought the people in my life were better off without me. I'm not good with aspirin, let alone antipsychotics. <laughs> Drugs don't agree okay. with me. So I knew this was going to take me out. And in personal development, I'd seen that happen to people and I'm like, no. So I started planning the end of my life really seriously. And when I was doing that, I was thinking how to do it in the kindest way for the people around me. I thought it was game over because at that stage, Paul, mm. I'd lost all of my resources, I'd lost my house, I'd lost my business, I'd lost all credibility because of the smearing. I'd lost what I thought was the love of my life and the, mm. and the life that I was going to live. I'd lost the respect of my family. My son had turned away from me. I had really lot. I was in piles of mm. debt trying to get well and fight him in court while he was annihilating me. I thought it was the end of everything. And this was my own, it was like, I can't even function. How on earth am I ever going to come back from this? So I thought, mm. okay, it's time out for me. I'm, I have to go. This voice in my head kept incessantly saying, no, there's another way. 
and I'm arguing with it thinking it's my madness. I go to my bathroom. (laughs) I fell on the bathroom floor. I put my arms up and I just screamed out to my higher power, help me. I can't do this anymore. And it was this massive surrender. And at that moment, Paul, it was like my head split open, this download of crystal clear clarity and like massive megabytes in split seconds entered me. And it it was the greatest truth I'd ever known. Maybe you have to be out of your mind to know the truth. And I had the truth. And the truth was he was a catalyst. He had reflected back to me all of the unconscious parts of myself that I had never yet met or known how to heal despite my personal development, all the ways I was hard on myself, all the ways I treated myself with conditional love, all the ways that I didn't spend time with myself, all the times I'd screamed at him, you don't even know me. I didn't know me my inner being. So all of these all of these uh, synergies came up for me one after the other after the other and then the voice said to me, I'm going to show you what it will be like if you heal from the inside out and take full responsibility for your inner wounds. He's just a catalyst. If it hadn't have been him, it would have needed to be somebody else because your soul wanted to evolve. Mm. I got catapulted into the future where I saw and felt myself like I do today, whole, connected to source, empowered, confident, expanded, successful in loving relationships. I'd never felt that my entire life, Paul, probably not lifetimes, definitely not Mm. lifetimes. I felt it, I embodied it, I knew it. I came back to my, my emaciated, shaking self and the voice said to me, It is your choice. If you choose this mission, that's your future. If you don't, you can exit, but you're going to have to come back and repeat it and do it again because your soul wants this evolution. So with whatever I had left, I chose the mission and then what happened was I went and had a bath and for the first time I visualised my inner being and I held her and I saw her and she was ragged and broken and crying and smashed up. And I held her and I said, sweetheart, I'm here. I am so sorry that I didn't turn inwards to you. And with everything I have, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. I'm going to love and heal us back to health and I'm never leaving you again. From that moment on, I started life in a quantum way from the inside out. I'd seen the field. I saw the interconnectedness. I knew what I had to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew it was possible because I'd felt it, I'd experienced it. Synchronicities, Paul, opened up in my life that were crazy. I went back the Mm -hmm. next day to my cat team and I talked my way out of antipsychotics and got discharged, which was a complete and utter miracle. And from then on, the people, the situations, the inspirations, the knowing, the miracles kept showing up in my life. And I took this path of quantum understandings, understanding such things like peptide addiction and how we manifest and how the subconscious is king and how the subconscious is connected to the superconscious. I'd seen it. I felt it. I already knew it. I just had to put the pieces together to heal it. So I studied theatre healing, kinesiology, EMDR, body coat, whole heap of subconscious modalities, healed a pile of stuff, but to completion, free of them completely, my brain completely healed. But I had agoraphobia, persisted, getting in open spaces because he was very vengeful, dangerous, very scary Mm. individual. He actually blew up the car of the girlfriend after me and she'd left something inside and gone inside. He blew it up. So he's a very dangerous person. So out in open spaces, I was still terrified. Anyway, to cut a long story short, one day in Koh Samui, Thailand, I was in my hotel room and I set the intention I was going to get the answer because I wanted to go out and play in Thailand and I couldn't with agoraphobia. 
So anyway, I set this intention and I just really set it to my higher self and forces much higher than me. Okay, I'm ready to receive the answer. And I started taking dictation of a healing protocol and a code. I was already working with really powerful stuff, but this was different. This was timeline. It was source inclined. I was shown four compartments of the subconscious that needed to be accessed to be shifted and then integrated and and so on and so forth. Mm. And as I was writing it down, stuff I recognized, stuff I didn't, but I did. I already knew it. (laughs) And as I'm writing it, I knew it was going to work. So after 18 months of a battle with severe agoraphobia in a two-hour session on myself, I was out in the main street of Kosamui playing in life in the most extended, connected way in oneness that I can ever remember being that I'd never, ever experienced and agoraphobia never came back. So I went back to Melbourne And I said, we're not doing the healings because I was working with a ton of abuse victims by that stage. I'm like, we're not going to work with this. We're going to work with this. And I called it Quantum Freedom Mm. Healing. It took off, word of mouth, clients piled up. The voice and the guidance said you need to create a program because you can't do all this one-on-one. So I did. I said to my clients, take it home, work with this. I said to my higher self, how can a recorded voice with imprints in it work on people? And it said, the voice said it will, because in the quantum world, all space and time is happening in one and it just is. Mm. And the intention and the power in it will do it. And it did. People started healing Mm -hmm. with it. Then it exploded worldwide. People were telling people, people were going to their therapists and their therapists were ringing me and they said, What happened? Because they were so stuck in obsession and rumination and they walked in the door a completely different person than last week. What happened? And I said, it's quantum freedom healing. That's what happened. Uh, We got us. Okay, so we've got a lot to unpack there. We've got a lot to unpack. It's an incredible story. Okay. And I, I, was, okay. I was reading it in your, I was, I was reading it in your book, um, and what happened to you. And I really wanted listeners to get an idea of your journey, yeah, uh, into where we are. But let's go back to uh, a couple of things. You mentioned that you were ignoring the red flags um, when yes. you met this guy, and anyone Absolutely. listening to this might be thinking, "What are those red flags? What what?" should we be looking out for when it comes to a narcissist? Definitely, Paul. And it's not easy because narcissists don't walk up with a T-shirt as an, oh, I'm a narcissist, but we're, mm. they can be really mm. loving and attentive, love bombing, and they know how to question you and find out what's missing in your life or what you really, you know, want, and they purport mm. to be that. So I'm just going to preface this by saying it's hard to see the warning signs. Often it's when you're already in there, you're going to start seeing things like they're entitled, they get triggered on a hairline, things that normal adults don't get triggered about. So they really demand, the false self demands a certain level of respect and attention and if they're not getting it, Or if you're getting it from other people, well, then those deep insecurities that narcissists have come up to the surface. So it could be a look or the silent treatment or I'm going to leave the room or afterwards they're going to start putting you down and saying, well, did you enjoy that? The fact that, you know, I got ignored and you were getting all the attention and, you know, so it's really childish and insecure. But I will say, and it's really important to understand, you won't get that until it's too late. And this is why, and what I teach people, and I had to teach myself, is we've got to be able to do relationships at a respectful pace and not hand over access to our body, our soul, our heart, our finances, our home, because we're feeling Mm. so chemically attracted to somebody. I think a lot of people relate to so that. Important. A lot of people relate to that. 
Yeah. What? What? That, can we create a definition of what? Is there a definition of what is a narcissist? If anyone thinking, okay, so they're, they're good things to begin to look out for. Unfortunately, it does sound like it's a little too late before you begin to recognize those signs because of the love bombing, the love, the attention that they give you. But what exactly is a narcissist? And what's happened well, for a person to become a narcissist? There's two definitions. Okay. Anybody, it, that word gets thrown around a lot, Paul, and there are people, mm. all of us in an unconscious triggered moment can act not on our best terms, okay, even yeah. narcissistically. Right, so we need to understand that because you can't just label somebody as a narcissist. Somebody who's got narcissistic mm. personality disorder is an unconscious person who is a false self. And what that means is their real self, their true self, they submerged it, they've divorced it, they decided it wasn't adequate to get their needs met. So they kind of threw that inadequate, um, inferior self into the corner and put a fictitious character in its place, which is the ego, which is who they would like to be. So this is omnipotent, it's important, it's significant, it needs attention. And because it's a false mm. self, it's paper thin, it's not based in a true wholesome wholeness inside. So this false self demands, it's an empty black hole that's never satiated. So it demands attention, stuff, things, significance, energy. It's like a black hole mm. sucking celestial beings, but it stays a black hole. Just a quick break to say I am so excited to announce a brand new podcast channel to help you transform your life in ways you might not yet be able to imagine. 2023, we are kicking your ass. Now, this is a channel of experimental content I know you are going to love. Now, Mindset Change Another Level has exclusive deeper subconscious training meditations to help you upgrade your long overdue programs that are holding you back in life. You also get searchable meditations without ads, intros and outros, so you can find your favorites super easily. You get access to masterminds to help take your mindset change to another level and you get to engage with me in a whole new way. And as a thank you for supporting the new channel, you get discounts from my group workshops too. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes and come and join. Oh, and feel free to come and join my WhatsApp community too. I can't wait to welcome you. What, you know listen to what we're describing I mean I, I, I'll go into it a bit later but I dated a narcissist so it was mm. <laughs> um, I've not talked about it ever yeah. on this show before I, I dated someone they've, but they've passed away unfortunately now but um, oh, that was a, that was quite a dark period and I, I think I count myself very lucky um, but why do we attract narcissists how does that happen mm. yeah it's because of our unfinished unhealed business Paul and a lot of people will say that narcissists can target anyone, but it's just not true. There are people who don't, there's a saying, okay, and it's like hungry people make the worst shoppers. So what can happen? And we, yeah. we also have a, an inner love code. So when we've got unfinished business, really from our childhood, and we've still got the love code of the people I love abandon me, the people I love invalidate me, mm. the people I love replace me, all of those kind of unhealed traumas. What happens is these people feel familiar. It, the people I love means we're attracted to people at a deep unconscious level who are going to represent those unhealed wounds. And these people are mm. actually attracted to us. So it's like a magnet. Emotion, energy, emotion, trauma is a powerful emotion that's an attractive force. Now, logically, of course, we don't want somebody who's going to cheat on us. So logically, what happens is this person will come into your life, they will say to you, you'll sit down with them on a dating thing, and they will say to you, well, 
they're complimenting you. They're feeding your egos. You're so gorgeous. You're so beautiful. I can't believe you're single. Mm. What happened to you in a previous relationship? Well, he cheated on me. Look you straight in the eyes and they'll say something like, oh, my God, how could anybody do that? I so believe in monogamy and I believe that if you start having an attraction for somebody else, you'd leave. You'd be honest. You'd work on the relationship before you would do that. So, and they're looking you straight in the eye, they're body mimicking you, they're, and you think you've hit pay dirt. It feels like yeah. you're in a desert, you've found your oasis. Mm. Oh, my God, here's the person who can heal my trauma and I'm going to be safe with. So you give them very quick access. And this yeah, person yeah, yeah. is absolutely a cheater, absolutely. But you haven't taken the time to ascertain them. And here it is with narcissists. Mm. They're a predator. They need to get supply quickly, quickly. So a predator will look for the gazelle that's limping at the edge of the pack and hit it fast for a feed. Now, if you are on a date with a narcissist and you're like, well, yeah, whatever, and you ask questions and you don't know them and this person would have to meet you for four or five dates, and you would, they would have to take your time and you retain your life and you don't fall into an instant relationship with them, instant supply, they're going to ghost you, get bored or guilt you and try to scare you into bonding with them. And it gets exposed very, very quickly and easily. They're not going to go the distance because they can't. No, I I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I recognise... The love bombing, I remember thinking, oh my God, this person's interested in me. You know, I was going for an anxiety disorder at the time and it was just like, I've attracted this type of person. You know, I thought, yes. you know, and it was the love bombing was, love bombing was absolutely insane. Uh, but yes, they it's were also sleeping with. Uh, yeah, it was intoxicating, but they were also doing the same to my friends. I didn't know this. Uh, the gaslighting was um, another level. Um, and they even tried to convince oh, yeah. me to move into a flat that didn't even exist. That was going to be the finale. I was going to, to leave my home to go to a home that didn't even exist. Um, but I, oh my my, whatever it was, something, yeah, something rose in at that, that last moment and told me, don't, don't move away from this person. It was like something clicked and I did. And yeah, all hell broke loose afterwards of what they tried to do in regards to revenge. Um, but I got through it. I got through it. Yes. But it's amazing what yes. we what we tolerate. And you mentioned that you tolerated yeah. in your in your relationship um quite yeah. a lot. What was it that you were tolerating that people might be able to relate to? Oh, you know, the thing that was so chilling for me, and it is narcissistic, mm. was the lack of empathy, the cruelty. You know, like mm. I could be sobbing on the ground and he would be screaming the most shocking things at me that were just smashing me to pieces while I was, you know. And I remember once um, you, I my cat got hit by a car and the just the insane level of abuse because you're not allowed to be sad and you're not allowed to be down and you're not allowed to get attention from friends or, you know, just, um, yeah, the cruelty and, yeah, you know, things that because when you're a kind person and we are, we're empaths, we're sensitives mm. who narcissists love to get with, we're really kind, caring people and we're very responsible people we keep the fires burning and the roof over the head and, you know, the bills mm. paid. And narcissists are so disrespectful. They're so loose, unaccountable. And the thing that really drives you crazy is they will not be accountable for their behaviour. Mm. They will lie and make excuses and justifications and double down with a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie. And it drives you crazy because you, as a normal human being, God bless you, want the truth, want to hold people to the truth. You saw it with your own eyes. You mm. know it was the truth. But they will look you in the eyes and they will say black was white and up was down. And to a narcissist... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't care if they get to walk away without admitting that it was black and it was down, they've won. 
even yep. though you saw it. It's it's nuts. Mm. And yeah, I recognize, you know, so I've been taken back to all these memories uh, just, just from having this conversation with you of the amount of times where, and you know what this is like, where you know they said and did something oh, and God. the denial and how <laughs> we've got it wrong. And it does, it makes you feel like you're going crazy because you think, I swear that they did this. I know. I said this. Yeah. They, they, the classic was, meet me at this bar at this time. So I'd go and they wouldn't turn up. And then I, I'd get back home. And this is when before mobile phones were a big thing. So I, I'd ring them and they were like, oh, yeah, no, it was another bar and it's tomorrow. And I'm really... Oh, um, wow. I'm really pretty, I'm pretty good with that side of thing. So how am I getting this wrong? And then you, you start to think, how am I getting this wrong? Am, is there something wrong with me? Um, and it, yeah. it just kept repeating. It was very, it, the whole thing was cleverly orchestrated. Um, but again, I, we get it. We, 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 because we want to see the best in people, we tend to and- doubt ourselves before mm-hmm. we doubt the other person. And Paul, we can't comprehend why somebody would think or behave like that. Mm. No, it was. It didn't even it's enter my mind. Outside our yeah. scope of capacity. Mm. So if some if someone recognizes what we're talking about, and they're mm. thinking, actually, this sounds very familiar. What could they begin to do? And do you know what, Paul, they will? Because they all come out of the mm. same cookie cutter. It's eerie how mm. identical the behaviour is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say to anybody, yeah. if you feel like you're arguing with a five-year-old in an adult's body with the twists and the turns and you feel like you're going crazy, this is what you're dealing with. You're not crazy. Mm. You're in crazy making. That's what's going on. And they know what they're doing. Because for a narcissist... What they want to do always is trigger you and derail you so that they can stand mm. back and go, oh, you're the problem because yeah. you get triggered. That's yeah, their yeah. main goal in any confrontation and they will do whatever it takes to get that reaction. They don't care about the facts at all. It's about triggering you. So just so people know because you'll mm. go, oh, God, yes, that's what happens. What can you do? Well, you can't turn insane into sane and you cannot make a cat lay an egg. Impossible. You cannot hold these people to account. Can't change. So can we change a narcissist? We can't change. Is there, is there, so people listening to this might be thinking, because I know that I would, I'd be doing the same thing if I was, if I hadn't gone from my experience, I'd be like, you know, but surely everyone can change. We can, you know, I don't believe in leopards can't change their spots. So surely we can do something. Is is that definitely the case? Mm. And do you know what? You're right, Paul. Mm. Everybody can if they admit there's something wrong with them, if they take okay. responsibility that there's something wrong with them, if they're accountable for what they've done, if they're genuinely mm. remorseful and care about others in regard to what they've done, people can atone, amend and up-level. Absolutely. The problem is with a narcissist is there's no true self operating. There's a false self, which is me versus you. I'm superior, you're inferior. Therefore, I can't mm. admit there's anything wrong with me. So it's a delusional self that it's very construct, relies on it remaining superior and you inferior, therefore cannot come down and admit that there's something wrong. A narcissist can admit there's there's something wrong with them when that is the only option left for them to be able to achieve an agenda. So that's when you're walking out the door or you're gone and they want to, Hoover you back in for their agenda. Yeah, I get it. So I think what would if you if you were I mean obviously you've worked with so many people. I think it's like fifty thousand uh frithers, is that right? Is that so what's the yeah, you've yeah. worked with so many people in, in this subject. 
Um, That's 50,000 graduates yeah. that have worked with the wow. quantum shifts to get out of the bowels of hell into like above survival into thriving, yes. But I mean, that's, my in, work's that's absolutely touched, incredible. I think it's around six and a half million people now. I think that's an inc- absolutely incredible. But do you, th- uh, I mean, it's looking at, you know, you must get a sense of when you've, you've helped so many people of the lies we all tell ourselves to, oh, um, to either stay in this relationship or, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or in a way still stay connected to the narcissist what what's what's the you know excuse my language what's the bullshit that we we come up with to to keep ourselves oh you know with, with one t- with one toe in <laughs> into the in, into the narcissistic world oh paul i was the queen of bullshit i promise you <laughs> yeah. so i know it yeah. and i see it so yeah. well and it's yeah the technical term is cognitive dissonance when yeah, we yeah. give ourselves reasons and justifications for staying trauma bonded mm. to an individual rather than letting go and healing ourselves and up leveling beyond that abuse. So there's all sorts of things. And of course, we can say, you know, I'm going to lose everything, like all of my finances mm. and my, because narcissists embed and destroy. <laughs> You're going to lose it anyway, I promise you. You know, you put, Having said that, we have thrivers who have won in court really powerfully because we know how to do that. Amazing. Okay. So yeah, people, yeah, yeah pe- and it's unprecedented. Everybody else will tell you it's impossible. We do it all the time. So, okay. So you're going to tell yourself that. You're going to tell yourself this person is like this because of their childhood. I know they love me. I know And it can feel, Paul, it's such a deep spiritual experience. You're in a battle for your soul. We're talking twin flame, nemesis, soul contract. This is why you need to get at it at a quantum level. That feels so like I'm going to die without this person. I, I have a soul contract to heal them and fix them and never give up on them, even to the point where I will self-sacrifice and martyr myself. That is so common. It's Mm. insane. And women and men feel like that, that I will go to my death to try to stay with this person and fix them. So it's big, big. So of course, all the lies around that, I'm doing it for the kids. I'm doing it for the finances. I'm doing it because I know they're a good person. I know there's a beautiful, lovely person in there. I know they love me. I know it's their childhood. But above all of the excuses, it really is this deep, powerful soul tie that needs to be dissolved and dismantled in order to get away. So is that, because I, I saw that in your book as well, that you had this big revelation that this was this goes beyond this earthly realm into like soul contracts, etc. So is the relationship with a narcissist an opportunity to heal something and take ourselves to another level? You know, because there seems to be this deep crisis that we seem to have this experience, which maybe we have contracted to, and then we create this whole new life for ourselves. I mean, this podcast wouldn't exist without my crisis of like very similar to you I had that that moment of I'm going to end it I've had enough um and that was my panic disorder and then the voice inside said "Uh -uh, (laughs) ah you're doing this so the wrong way around yeah yeah we've got this is what you're going to do and I didn't understand it at the time I mean it was like I don't get what you mean go into the body I'm not sure what that's all about but it led to what I do now so is there, so like for anyone listening to this, it's like, I want to offer hope that even if it's very mm. dark, even if you're going through something mm. which feels like you'll never escape and that, you know, if you are contemplating, and it you does know, feel like ending that. your life, that yeah, it, yeah. it does. And there's a way forward it and this, it, it could be something, I know it sounds odd to say now, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I don't yes. know if you see it the same way. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, 
I would not accept a thousand billion dollars to go back to life before narcissistic abuse. I wouldn't. I really wouldn't because of how my soul has evolved through this, how I've come home to loving and valuing me, how I've come home mm. to having a relationship with true source and my higher self, how I know I now understand life and myself and mission and purpose and my most durably fulfilling life came as a result of up-leveling from the bowels of hell into my liberation, emancipation, glorification of my true self. That's how I wow. feel about it. Yeah. I, and I, and that's know, why I'm, I'm excited yeah. for people. I am so <laughs> excited. You know, like all the narcissistic yeah. abuse people are like, you know, it's terrible and you're going to have this and you're going to have that and, you know, like, and I'm like, yes, where you are is the bowels of hell, but this is the thing. You know, Howard Diamond's created under massive pressure and fire how do pearls come about from the grit in a shell. Our greatest gold comes from our greatest darkness. And when we turn survival in and unleash it into creation, we become unstoppable. And that's the quantum world and that's the power when you start healing quantumly. So I'm beyond excited and honoured and humbled to take people on that journey. I, you know, if anyone was listening just to that clip, just that bit there, um, it's so powerful what you've just said, and I'm with you all the way, especially about working, you know, at a deeper level with the subconscious mind and even beyond that. Um, again, it's the level of change, the level of, you know, tapping into who we really are and what we're really capable of often comes from, and it's, yeah, it comes from a crisis because we don't often change without pain. I would love to say that we change drastically without pain and that we're motivated towards just because we want to feel good, uh, but we don't. We don't tend to. No, of course we don't. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And Paul, we've got so many layers of false programming Mm. and so many layers of lies that we've been dumbed down with and we've been fed and we've been taught life from the outside in instead of life from the inside out. And we've been cut off from our inner, innate, coded source self power. As far as I'm concerned, Recovery, thriver recovery from narcissistic abuse is the fastest, most direct way back to who we are because it's a make or break deal. You either dissolve and keep disintegrating or you evolve. There's there's nothing in between. There's nothing ho-hum about this. I think what you just said is I just want to bring that back to that point about, you know, the, the program that you have. There's probably people listening to this who might take a traditional route. They might go to the doctors. They might go to a counsellor. Is there a problem with that? Do you think there would be, is that their best route? I I come under a lot of flack recently for saying that I probably wouldn't recommend people go the traditional route with traditional talking therapy for treating an anxiety disorder. The amount of people that launched me for that, but I have good reason because I don't think I don't think it is an effective way. And I think it can really hold people back from progressing. And and I will all stand by that opinion. Um, But what about, you know, someone is just, you know, realizing that they're in a narcissistic relationship and they want to get help. The traditional approaches at the moment, are they helpful? I'm with you all the way, Paul. No, they're not. Yeah. They're absolutely not. Because all you're doing is talking about what happened to you, which is just concreting in your inner identity that you're a victim. Mm -hmm. Then you start researching and you get into abuse forums, which further uh, cements that into your inner identity that you're an abuse victim. You're not doing any of the work in your somatic, emotional, limbic self. 
which is actually the operating system of your entire life, which is your emotional self is your connection Mm. to your inner identity. And if you don't get past the conscious mind, which operates at 40 bits per second of your entire being and get to the engine of 40 billion bits per second, which is your subconscious programs, well, you're just trying to put ice cream on top of poop. You're trying to drive (laughs) a Ferrari into a garage where there's a rusty old wreck in the way. You're trying to put Mm. a program on top of a powerful trauma heavy emotional program that is so powerful that all you're going to do is drive yourself bipolar, feel like you're a total failure, try and get out of obsessive rumination and thinking with more thinking and more research, which is ice cream on top of poop, Mm. and you just get, it makes you sicker. Yeah. This is over-focus on the neck up, isn't it? Just change your thoughts, change the way that you think. Uh, You'd be better off not going to therapy. Yeah, Yeah, I. You'd actually be better off not wasting your money on therapy, and I'm outspoken about that. Now, mind you, there are great therapists who can work on the Mm. somatic emotional being and on the subconscious programs. If you don't have somebody working with you at that level and they don't know how to somatically emotionally access your subconscious Mm. to shift your trauma out and give you a reprogramming tool and ability, Forget it. No, I'm 100% with you on that. 100% with you on that. We might get a yeah. few messages in regards to what you've just said. Uh, as like I have. No, I, did, I did get a lot of people agree with me when I talked about this because... I don't um, care. But it's, yeah, I don't yeah, care. No, I, I, we don't save lives yeah. by not telling the truth. And I think that's... I can't true, tell yeah. you the amount of people that have come into my program and my community. Well, mm. I could. You'd believe me that have been trying to get over a toxic trauma for 35 years and they come in and within two weeks they've shifted and healed more than what they did in 35 years. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? So the first step for anyone listening to this thinking, oh, I'm still unsure of what's the first step. What would you say to someone who's just, who's still contemplating and Mm. yo-yoing back and forward about what they could do, not Mm. do, because it is addictive, right? What would be a good first step that might help them wake up? You have to stop touching the stove that is burning you, okay? Mm. The more that you try to control that to be sane, the more out of control you're going to get. So as hard as it is, you've got to go cold turkey. You've got to detach. And then when you detach, what's going to happen is all these addictive feelings, you're out of the fight. What happened last week, last month, last year, last decade is going to hit you and smash you. It's called aftershock. I coined the phrase. Nobody else talks about it. If you Google my name and aftershock, you'll see what I talk about. You feel worse instead of better when you pull away. It hits you so hard. And that's when people break no contact all the time or modify contact. They you think you're going crazy Mm. you think you're dying that's when you've got to get into the quantum work because if your focus can come off the aftershock and your symptoms are so magnified where you start getting into the quantum work to start getting the traumas out that are manufacturing those symptoms you will start taking a path back to you and a healing really quickly and what's really perfect about our system and our community is we are set up through the narcissistic abuse recovery program and the narcissistic abuse recovery forum that we have every resource and every support network to hold you in that time to your path to getting well which isn't just about you getting out and recovering your soul it's about you being prepared to go into battle with what's going to come because when you leave a narcissist that's when you will really experience what is possible from this person it will shock you mm. stun you those of you who've been through it you know what I'm talking about and we've got the resources the shifts the strategies how to work with court custody divorces property settlements business deals all sorts of things and we usually win 
Our members win. Amazing. Love it. Amazing. Melinda, I could keep talking to you all day. This is such a fascinating subject, fascinating subject, but it's, it's um, cool. it we is, are coming to, yeah. Sadly, it is it's fascinating. Just, like it's so yeah, it horrible, but it, there is a fascinating yeah. aspect to it. It is fascinating. It's just so much, just so much to talk about in regards to this subject. And that's why mm. I really would promote uh, your beautiful book. That's uh, a oh, wonderful resource. Um, I've enjoyed going through this and um, I'm going to put all of your details in the show notes so that anyone's listening to this, they can contact you and tap into your wonderful resources. Um, but just for anyone who's listening to this, where's the best place for someone to reach out to you? And or, you know, I, I mean, your Instagram is amazing, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. So where's Thank the uh, best place for people to reach out? Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Well, I've got a free masterclass, which is going to take you on the quantum journey. So it's about what happened to you, why it's been so hard to heal. And I take you through a quantum inner child, beautiful, soothing meditation, and then an actual quantum freedom healing, which is the super tool powerhouse that I use to heal and thrive and all of our thrivers have used. So all of that's free, uh, plus we have yeah. amazing bonuses for you at the end of the masterclass for you to get involved in our incredible community. So I can't, it's really simple. It's just my name, MelanieToniaEvans.com forward slash masterclass, and you can book your time or get the replay, and I cannot, I know it's going to help you so much. Oh, Amazing. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, I know this is pure gold thank you, Paul. Uh, for anyone listening. So thank you for coming on to the show. And thank you for everything that you do. And thank you for what you're doing, Paul. It's so beautiful to see enlightened, conscious guys. It's gorgeous. Like we're, us oh, women are very, very proud much. of you. So thank you. <laughs> oh, that's really lovely. Thank you. Have an amazing day. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for listening to this powerful episode. Please do share with anyone you think needs to hear Melanie's message. And Melanie's details are in the show notes, as are mine. So please do reach out for help if you need it. Remember to stay awake, stay aware, and have the most wonderful day. Mm-hmm.